In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You expire, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin, Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world eternal father i offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have 
Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. And for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless, and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us, that in difficult moments we may not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Our Lady, Queen of Peace. Pray for us. Our Lady of Good Help. Pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful. Pray for us. Saint Joseph. Pray for us. Saint Faustina. Pray for us. Saint John Paul II. Pray for us. And all you angels and saints. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. But when will the Catholic Church get with the times, some people say. Kale Clark. Well, the Catholic Church isn't concerned about getting with the times, as Peter Kreeft has said so well. The Church doesn't read the times. She reads the eternities. She's concerned about the end times and your eternal soul. She is only concerned with saving your soul and mine. She has no authority to change the teachings of her Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. Now, other Christian communities think they have the authority to change those teachings of Jesus. And the irony is that people are always complaining the Catholic Church is constantly trying to impose its authority over my life. The Catholic Church actually claims to have far less authority than these other groups do. The Catholic Church is the faithful spouse who will never commit spiritual contraception or divorce by imbibing the potions of our age, changing our Lord's teachings to suit the ways of the world. Bringing Christ to the world through the media. 
Relevant Radio. But now it's a flight from reality itself. Patrick Madrid. We've turned in the direction of a denial of reality. Look at some of the, for example, gender ideology. Talk about the opposite of evidence and science-based. It's all about feelings and one's perception of oneself. I use that as just one example. Let me share a Bible passage with you. This is from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Listen to this. Verse 9. The coming of the lawless one by the activity of Satan will be with all power and with pretended signs and wonders, and with all wicked deception for those who are to perish, because they refuse to love the truth and be saved. Therefore, God sends upon them a strong delusion to make them believe what is false, so that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. A strong delusion. I mean, one way to interpret that is that God withdraws from certain people. I wonder if that may be a description of what's going on right now. Bringing Christ to the world through the media. Relevant Radio. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. You'll get some real Catholic answers right here. It's the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. It's 12 minutes past the hour. I'm Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com, filling in for Drew and taking your calls at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Joining us now is Aisha Kreutz. She is a wife, mother, chaplain, community activist, speaker, and what she calls a 21st century abolitionist. She's a chaplain with Brave, Brighton Residents Against Violence to Everyone, and helped lead citizens of Brighton, New York, just south of Rochester, in a successful effort to keep Planned Parenthood from establishing a presence there, including by using a recently passed New York law giving a right to clean water. Aisha, welcome to the show. Great to talk to you today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. So... I mean, this is sort of an interesting uh, conundrum, I guess, for for those who support Planned Parenthood, is that, you know, there's a lot of environmentalists around around that uh, as well. It's a part, just part of that wing of politics. And this is a little bit like being hoist by your own petard, I guess, if you're if you're using environmental laws <laughs> to 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 stop the construction of a Planned Parenthood clinic. I think it's I, I think it's just fascinating. Well, you know. Absolutely. And, and I think one of the things that we can remember is that there's opportunity in everything. You know, you just have to find, you know, sometimes we'll look at things and say, ah, oh, this is going to be so detrimental in one way or another. But, you know, if, if we do our due diligence, um, I believe that there's always a way, right? You just have to find what that path to victory is going to be. And in this case, you know, something that people are already for, right, was able to be used um, to further facilitate good community, you know, and and, and, I mean, that's the way that it should be. We don't always um, look at things that way, right, but in this case, you had a ton of people that came together, right, from Catholics and Muslims and Christians and, you know what I mean, like, it just, it was was truly a community effort, Um, and that's what you want to be able to do is say, hey, what kind of community do we want to be, and... Uh, find the ways that you can push that forward. Anyone can do it in any community. 
Well, Aisha, I mean, how did you come up with this strategy, though? I mean, maybe it was just because of the diversity of the coalition that you were able to pull together against Planned Parenthood. Maybe there's just uh, maybe that's just has its own virtue of, of having all the different perspectives that come together for this. But I'm curious how, how that came about. I mean, I think that really it is a testament to the people, you know, the, the board, the people that we have on Brave is a strong coalition of people from different, you know, ethnicities, different backgrounds, um, economically as well as, you know, religiously, and being able to pull all that together and say, where's the point that we can all meet at? Listen, this is a common thing that we're all against, and sometimes for different reasons, right? But, I mean, Carol Crossed, Dorothy Hayes, um, I mean, they just did a phenomenal job of saying, okay, what is the strategy? And in this case, as it is in so many, right, so, what I found, you know, in doing this type of work in so long is that some, it's not really work, it's really just who I am, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, we'll look at it and say, hey, this is the path forward. But, in the, you know, but you have to be multifaceted, Right. And saying, you know, activism isn't, doesn't always look one way. And in this case, right, you had 127 presentations to the town board. You had a letter-writing campaign, door-knocking campaign, the lawsuit, right? And so it's, it's different prongs that are going out and then finding the people that, is, right, not everybody wants to stand in front of a Planned Parenthood. Not everybody wants to hold signs. Not everybody wants to write a letter, right? Not everybody wants, is comfortable going to a town board meeting. But if you have all of these people, you pull and say, okay, well, what are you comfortable with now let's make a strategy for that right um i know that in in this case you know talking about like the muslim mosque you know they were like yeah we don't want to get involved but do you really want something like this right next to to your mosque right um right there was the um 80 doctors right sending out letters to the doctors that were in the medical park and saying hey did you know this was going on right Right. We have to be a little bit more looking at how are we going to message the message instead of just saying, oh, this message is going to resonate with everybody the way that we think that it is. And that is really the testament, I think, uh, to why you have, you know, like when you see successful things, you see people making, coming outside of their own comfort zone, their own box, and what they think should be done and saying, okay, how do we pull this all together um, as a collective we're speaking with Aisha Kreutz and taking your calls at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Aisha, I mean, I, I, I am impressed, though, that this is something that doesn't happen every day, right? I mean, there, there's certainly been pl- there's certainly plenty of, of good grassroots activism against Planned Parenthood expansion in, in, in lots of different communities. Uh, and, and I think that this is... A, a great uh, example of success, right? This is going to inspire even more efforts, even more creativity, I think, in, in yes, terms of, yeah. of how to proceed in this. But it is an unusual, um, it is an unusual uh, outcome in these cases because Planned Parenthood has tons of lawyers, has tons of, has tons of cultural heft. And especially in, in you know, I'm not sure exactly what the, political environment is uh, in Brighton. Blue, okay. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't want to assume because, you know, there's, you know, we, we tend to think of states as being sort of um, homogenous when it's not really the case. You know, they're, 
there are there are blue yeah. areas of states there are red areas of states i wasn't sure where brighton yeah. landed uh, but i mean so right. even well, more and again and for, we should say you know like just more yeah i mean brighton is a very um social you know like yes it, it is not somewhere you would think that which is what i think parenthood thought is that hey this will be a little easier place because they're you know politically it seemed to be a good fit for them um but again just like you mentioned just because that's a, you know again th- this coalition too i mean you have people from all sides of the aisle um i think that is right it, one of the things i like about rochester in general and if you look at some of the other successful things that we've done here it literally is because of the coalition building that we're able to do being able to look and sit down and make those connections with people who listen i i don't care that if you don't want to see pictures of dead babies great oh you don't want think we should stand out in front of planned parenthood and tell people you know there's a better way and ask them you know to you know material needs right uh i get it you don't think right and that's what you see a lot of times or i have over the years in the pro-life movement everybody's like it's their way this is what's going to work and we have been very purposeful and diligent in this area to say, listen, I'm not going to work with you. Oh, you're not going to come because this group is here or this person is there. We don't have time for that, right? Mm-hmm. This is a crisis that we're in in America. And in order for us to move forward, we have to be able to say, listen, if this is the only issue that we can agree on, great. What things in this issue can we agree on? And let's move in that way. And that is why... I think, like you said, there are a lot of great pro-life efforts across the board, different things, right? I mean, I'll lose supporters, you know, with Am I Not a Child or different things, you know, like when all of those things that were coming up about, um, like, the heartbeat bill. Like, yes, am I, pro- I am personally pro-life without exception. I do not believe that at, just because you can't, can't hear the heartbeat, abortion is okay. But if the only way that I can work with a person and they're going to come and coalesce with us, on something is that I'll take it because we have to start winning. You know, we can't keep, you know, and it's not about money and this should be, you know, a great testimony to that too, right? This is a Goliath. We all know Planned Parenthood has all of our tax dollars and millions and billions of dollars at their hand. Everybody here. I mean, we didn't spend a lot of money. It's not about the money. It is about saying, what can I do? What little piece, what hour can I spare? And we would ask that, like getting the people to do the presentations. Um, like I said, that Brave, they were like, hey, if you need us to help you write something, and you, because, you, you know, again, some of them were on Zoom, you don't even have to show your face. Can you read a statement of what it is that you feel? You, oh, you don't think that it's good enough? Okay, send it to us, and let's see how we can help you feel more comfortable saying it. It can be one minute. Right, you don't have, even have to take the full three minutes. There's so many different ways that we can expand out, and hopefully, people will see that and say, you know, yeah, I'm not Catholic, but I can work with Catholics. Right? I was like, right. I, I don't care who it is that I have to partner with to do good. I'm going to do it. And abortion is at the forefront. Right? This is genocide that is happening, and and. We can't allow this blood guilt to continuously be on our land and think that, you know, it's just going to 
we're not going to reap what we sow. And right. obviously we see that we are reaping what we're sowing uh, in a lot of ways. So, yes. I mean, I think that it's fantastic. You know, I was just um, so blessed to work with this group of, 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 of people as well because, you know, just because you're walking in unity doesn't mean that there's not sparks flying behind the <laughs> right when iron oh yeah that iron. sounds familiar <laughs> you know what i'm saying you're like hey but again it's about that unity coming together afterwards and saying okay this is what we agreed on this is what we're going to do and we're going to plow through and again there's there's multiple ways uh to attack a front uh, just like right thinking militarily you know, you know yeah. Aisha, it's, it's it's such a great point, and and what really amazes me about this, and I'm so glad that you're 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 bringing this up, is it really just matches what we just heard it, uh, in our um, mass readings the last couple of weeks about everybody having different gifts and everybody bringing different yeah. gifts to the body of Christ, and and that you know just because there's a gift that you don't have it doesn't mean that it's lesser than or or, or greater than for that mm-hmm. matter the gifts that you that you have and so um mm-hmm. so yes i mean i think that that's it's a fantastic point we do have a caller i want to get to and, this caller uh, if i can if okay, i can have you hang on for just a second yep. hold on to that thought i want to get to this caller before the segment ends thad in okay. austin texas welcome to the conversation hey hey this is so exciting the way you guys have have organized and do things and and I have a question because I know, uh, you know, there was this question about this is a mostly blue place. Uh, from what I know from Carol Crossan in Rochester, there are actually Democrats for life there. There are feminists for life there. Is it is it not yeah. true that there are some pro-lifers there that, that are not what you would typically think a pro-lifer is? Yeah, that's a great bully? question. And, yes. And, and that's what I was trying to say is it? Right, and because we're able to reach out to those people and be like, okay, well, you're not comfortable with this language, that language, whatever, but you're still, right? And sometimes we can scare people away, you know, by being like, oh, you know, again, I, I'm part of a group that is very Christian, uh, very red, the Frederick Douglass Foundation, and, you know, but I still work with people that, you know, are um, pretty much the exact opposite of everything. Right, right, yeah. That I stand for, but on this point, you're like, oh, well, they are pro-life, right? Okay, great. Let's do something. How can we work together? You know, sit down with those people. And, you know, and until you have the conversation, you would be surprised, right, that how many people actually are thinking the way that, you know, they are thinking in that pro-life vein. And sometimes they haven't maybe made it all the way, but, they're, you know, again, you'll hear a lot of times people, oh, I'm pro-life for me, but who am I to tell other people? Well, continue that conversation with them. And then the next thing you know, you have a dynamic advocate on your side that you can go and branch out to some of these other groups because now they're talking to them being like, well, yeah, well, I am actually pro-life, right? right. I mean, we right. have a responsibility. If you know all of this information – all of these things, what we have to stop doing is thinking that, you know, living in this echo chamber that, that everybody who is in this camp is going to not be pro-life. Yeah. The life issue is not a political issue, period. And as long as they can make it a political issue, it will continue to be a political issue. It is up to us, it is incumbent upon us to go out there and find the different people that we can go and work with and talk to and say, okay, how do we work together? And again, some of the choosing life, Democrats for life, um, there's the, what are they, atheists for life. I mean, like, there's just so many different people that are pro-life that 
I'm amazed to be able to work with. And some of these people, again, are so creative and bringing up things to me to be like, oh, yeah, actually, that's a great idea. You know, and again, like, I, I don't want to take away, like, get Carol crossed me and her. You know, we're different political spectrums. And I adore working with her. Adore yeah. it. She's just one of the m- most dynamic pro-life people that I know. So, Aisha, we're going to have to wrap up. I want to thank Thad, though, for a great sure. call. Thad, that was a terrific call. Thank you so much for jumping in. Aisha, where can people go to find uh, more about Brave really quickly? Uh, so it's Brighton Residence. Well, it's, it's BraveNY.org. The B-R-A-V-E-N-Y.org. B-R-A-V-N-Y dot O-R-G. BraveNY dot org. And Aisha Kreutz, thank you for being with us. I'm Ed Morrissey filling in for Drew. We'll be right back. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, Visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. Stand up with us and be unashamed of the truth. You are never alone. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. It's 31 minutes past the hour. I'm Ed Morrissey filling in for Drew. Taking your calls at 888-914-9149-888-914. 9149. By the way, stay tuned after today's show for Kale Clark. Kale interviews Jared Veldier, who went viral from, uh, for going from the NFL to providing soul food at his kids' Catholic school. That's at 5 p.m. Central Time today on the Kale Clark Show, so be sure to stay tuned for that. I just want to thank everybody. I didn't get a chance to mention this after the, uh, after the chaplet, but uh, Drew, will be, Drew will be back on Thursday, and so we'll have the live chaplet at that point in time. Uh, but uh, until then, you will have the pre-recorded chaplet with, with Drew. And just rest assured that we're all praying for all of your intentions in, in the meantime. And, and we know that you're praying for us. And, uh, and we certainly appreciate it. I certainly appreciate it because uh, this is just one of the, one of the really great privileges of, of my career is to be able to come in here and, and fill in for Drew uh, on occasion and it's a great audience and I just love being here with you guys. So thanks so much for that. And thanks for the calls today too, by the way, the calls have been, they've been very passionate, but very intelligent. And, and, uh, you know, I love that about, um, about that. So, um, we are going to be working on, uh, talking a little bit about, uh, security in terms of, um, worship spaces and, this is an ongoing issue. It's been an ongoing issue. There's, there are a number of different kinds of threats to different worship spaces. And this is clearly, we're, we're trying to springboard on, on here off of the, um, off of what happened in, um, in Texas and, and, uh, Colleyville, uh, where the synagogue was, um, was taken, four people were taken uh, hostage at a synagogue and the the rabbi there um, had actually prepared, uh, had had worked through a plan. And this is sort of a sad, a sad commentary on our times. Is that you know, our 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 Jewish brothers and sisters are really having to be very very intentional about their about their security, about the security of their facilities. And and Rabbi uh, Charlie uh, Citron Walker. Uh, was able to to strategize a way 
to get he and three other people out of that synagogue uh, and save their lives uh, while they were being held hostage by uh, a, a terrorist who was demanding the release of um, a woman known as Lady Al-Qaeda, who's serving an 86-year sentence for uh, attempted murder and for uh, terrorist plots against against the United States. And and it's not something you'd normally expect to see in Colleyville, Texas. You know, this is uh, this is not exactly where you'd expect to see that type of thing, but it's it, we've seen it before. Uh, there have been other attacks on places of worship, uh, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, in Texas, outside of Texas. And so we wanted to walk through, we're, and we're waiting for our, our guest, um, uh, Peter Johnson, to come on and, and talk to us a little bit about, about church safety measures, uh, to, um, to walk through what those safety measures are and why they're necessary in, the, in this day and age. And again, it's not just a single form of threat. I mean... What we saw in Colleyville certainly was maybe a little bit more familiar to us in, in terms of the post 9-11 uh, atmosphere, but there's been other threats too. And sometimes they're just random threats, just uh, people who are mentally ill who want to attack uh, churches and, and uh, chapels and synagogues. And, and uh, certainly we've seen it uh, against mosques. There was an attack on a mosque in uh, the Twin Cities uh, when I was living there, at least one. Um, and it has really required people of faith to ask to ask tough questions about um, openness, about about their their attempts to provide a welcoming posture to people. And and I think that this has been a um, it's a really difficult paradigm to work through. And for us, we're, we're we we talked about uh, this in in our scriptures. I mean. Being able to just walk into a synagogue is, uh, and 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 proclaim uh, was the basis of our uh, basis of our um, gospel reading just yesterday. So you know we pride ourselves as Catholics on on our openness and our and our welcoming, and, and you know our our other Christian um, uh, brothers and sisters from other other faith uh, uh, you know other faith um, uh, traditions. I have the exact same attitude towards this, and um, and to take that away, uh, and to become insular is to go against everything that we are supposed to be about as Christians. And so, it's this tension now that we're having in in, the, in this in this time in this day and age that you know we've seen, you know, if if you're a student of history, there's certainly been all sorts of different. <laughs> All sorts of different environments in which people of faith have operated. I mean, we could talk about Rome in the first, you know, three centuries of Christianity, and uh, not just the city of Rome, of course, but the the Roman Empire, and uh, all sorts of uh, all sorts of different depredations against against Christians, and and for that matter, other um, other faiths that were different than than the Roman culture. But we haven't really seen that in the United States until just very recently, and and I think it is troubling. So we're we're, we're still working on getting our guests to discuss that, but we're certainly taking your calls at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And, and I think that in, in those terms, I think the synagogues are still a particular case, you know, where, where that's almost like the canary in the coal mine. And... Um, and that is a, that is something that we we do really need to um, be aware of because when you talk to, I mean, you, you, I have I have Jewish friends who are extremely concerned now about being public with their faith, and they 
they are very unnerved that that has become the case in the United States because this was supposed to be the, the, the one place other than Israel where you didn't have to really worry about that. Um, this is unfortunately changing, and uh, this is this is part of our journey, unfortunately. And uh, so we'll, uh, we'll, we're going to continue to work on, on getting our guest in, in for this. Um, in the meantime, we can talk about some other issues. Feel free to dial in at 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. And we've, we've talked about this issue in the past, of course. Uh, we've talked about this issue uh, with Peter, with other guests as well. Um, you know, I think it was, I'm not sure exactly when this was, but um, this was a while back, the uh, First, Baptist, uh, First Baptist Church shooting in Sutherland Springs, Texas, also here in the state of Texas where I live now. Um, this is... Um, this is part of something that has really become a trend. There's a database of church shootings from 1980 to 2005, and it showed 139 shootings killed 185 people. Um, and it, it, one website has it down as 781 deadly incidents taking places at houses of worship around the country between 1999 and 2014, which is an average of about one a week. And most of them don't make more than the local news because generally speaking, these aren't, uh, terrorist situations. They're they're not hostaging situations. They're personal disputes that have erupted in or around a church, but some of these are, uh, some of these clearly are more than that, and uh, we we do seem to have uh, more of that happening uh, these days as we go along. It's it's um, it's a it's a very um, it's a very troubling trend, and. Um, Let's talk, let's go to our let's go to the phones. Marianne in New Jersey um, has some insight on this as well. Marianne, welcome to the show. Hi, I was. Am I on? Yeah, you you are on, Marianne. It's great to talk to you today. Okay, um, I'm part of I'm a nurse and I'm a parish nurse and part of the safety team at my parish. And there are things we've had to implement because where our parish is located is there's actually a gang war that's been going on around us. Oh my goodness. So uh, in order to keep people safe, uh, we have instituted that all the doors are locked after the, uh, the Alleluia so that nobody can come in after the Alleluia at Mass in particular. Uh, but, and this seems, this one is, is actually something simple that anybody can do anywhere is we got wasps Spray, cans of wasp spray uh, right. located around our, our church because if anybody gets in, wasp spray actually shoots 20 feet. So you had just have to, you don't even have to get near the person, you just have to shoot it at the person and it, it won't kill them, but it will disable them long enough right. for you to call 911. And we also have people, we do have uh, radio people, we have a uh, walkie-talkies that we can communicate with one another and we have safety cameras and it's sad to say that this is what we have to do we also have a trauma kit and uh, CPR trained people right. on our safety team you know and Marianne thank you thank you for calling in I just want to ask you a couple more questions on this because I think that this is a um, I think we we aren't aware a lot of times how much uh, people have to plan for these things, right? I mean, this is 
This is exactly. it's, it's getting more attention now because of these really unusual incidences of terrorist attacks that target, you know, synagogues and churches. Um, but there are uh, we got lots of lots of Catholics, lots of Christians who live in areas uh, where, where crime, violent crime is, a, is an issue, probably more now because violent crime is on the rise. And I don't think that we've talked about that often enough about how how we can support parishes and parishioners in those areas. I mean, do you feel like that, that this is something that is a surprise when you bring it up to other people? Well, it is when, when I'm in out of my area. Uh, the people who are in, who know the area are, who are in the parish, they have an idea of what's going on. They don't, I don't think they've ever quite gotten to the real insight of what goes on once it gets dark. Uh, right. <laughs> unfortunately, our pastor lives there, and he's like he he's used to hearing gunfire. So um, he's very aware, and how do I put it? He definitely blesses houses that are in the area that he thinks need to be that the people need to move out. When he, we're doing adoration, he'll walk to the door and have us open the door so he can bless the house out the door to hope that we get new neighbors, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or better neighbors. Well, I mean, that's, but, uh, that's, that's certainly one way to approach it. <laughs> Uh, and that's a you know certainly a really positive way to uh, to 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 approach this, uh, Marianne. But uh, again, I mean, I think that it, again, it just reminds us that that we have we have brothers and sisters that are living in 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 these types of dangerous situations, and I think that awareness, um, maybe that awareness is something that we need to we needed to know too maybe that's maybe it's a, this heightened awareness can give us ideas on how we can contribute to making making things safer or at least providing you with with better resources did you, did, did your parish go through a formal uh safety um program a, form, a formal safety plan or is this something that you felt like you really just had to put together for yourselves well we actually have uh our safety team is head up by um, by a former police officer who does who has done safety training, and he had training in this. And I'm also I'm a registered nurse. His wife is uh, is also a nurse, and we have nurses on the safety team. We have trauma kits together, and there's on there is a government website that has a over a 40 page. Uh, uh, booklet shall we say on worship site it's called worship site safety and um, wow. and you can download it and it, it gives you a lot of good information but you also have to adapt it to the place where you are so that's right. why i say that the wasp spray is easy for any of any of the little ladies that are there they know where it's located and they can grab it and defend themselves or defend us right um, and that and that that takes some courage too. I mean, it's 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 a lot. You know, the the, the impulse is to run away, right? When when that's just the normal human impulse. It's a good it's a good impulse to have when there's danger present. So it takes it takes that type of training, doesn't it, to prepare people to make uh, to make uh, the choice to to defend to defend the uh, the parish to defend the other parishioners. It does. It does, and 
and we have thank thank goodness we have thank God we have people in our parish who are um, law enforcement and such that they come to mass regularly so we've always got somebody there with with an ear to the you know to looking around because we did have a few incidents where people came in and one of them actually said I'm just here to observe he came in with a two-liter bottle of 7-Up and a bag of Cheetos. We knew he wasn't a Catholic, so um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that, that's, that's what really unnerved us. And that's, that's the difficult part because we want to be welcoming. We want to make sure that people know that they are welcome to be there as long as they're not there to, to create problems. And, you know, Marianne, I just, I, I just want to say, you know, we'll, we'll pray for you. Everybody, everybody who's listening is going to pray for you. Pray for your parish and, and pray that, um, that these issues start to abate for you. And I want to thank you so much for calling in and sharing that story because I think it's really helpful uh, to get that insight into what's, what's happening um, in, in, our, in our sister parishes around the country. Thank you so much for calling. You're welcome. God bless. God bless, Marianne. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about parish safety, maybe pick up a couple of other items out of the news and uh, have some discussions about that as well. I'm Ed Morrissey from HotAir.com, filling in for Drew. We'll be right back. This hour is sponsored by Ave Maria Mutual Funds, where financial goals are aligned with pro-life values and fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs. More information at AveMariaFunds.com. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. It's 50 minutes past the hour. I'm Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com, filling in for Drew, taking your calls at 888-914-9149. And joining us to discuss more about uh, parish safety and, and uh, houses of worship safety is a, is a good friend of ours, Jeff Gardner, uh, returns. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks. Always good to be here. Good to, good to hear you back on the air. Oh, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. And, uh, and, and I actually am... Um, uh, a little surprised about this particular context, but you you have had some issues, uh, or at least you've worked on uh, safety issues um, at your parish as well. Um, yeah, I was you know listening to the show, a great discussion, uh, and unfortunately, and I and I say that with with tremendous intent and sincerity. Yeah. Um, there are you know there are those of us who feel that. Uh, well, just to be blunt, we've 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 moved to take matters into our own hands, and not that I wanted to, but some some time ago, uh, I, in cooperation with my pastor, uh, I'm a I'm a concealed weapons carrier, and I began to uh, uh, carry a concealed weapon while at mass, and this was you know this wasn't something that I did lightly or um, did with any uh, exuberance or oh boy, it's time to clean my gun off to mass today. Um, but the uh, situation, and you know, in, in the particular area that I live in, we we live in a town now in which uh, gunshots 
in and around places of worship, uh, mostly centered around, um, you know, malfeasance at night, but they have become commonplace. And, um, you know, security and protection of one's life and those ones around oneself, it's kind of like a parachute. By the time that you need it, it's too late to go get it if you don't have it. Right, yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, someone asked me uh, once, well, does this change how you feel about yourself and those around you while you're at Mass? And the question, and, you know, the answer to that question is absolutely yes, unfortunately. Um, but it's, uh, you know, sort of a sign of the times that we live in, as the saying goes. Yeah, Jeff, you know, and I, I think that um, I've seen, you know, there's certain, I, I, I can't recall the, the, um, the details of which um, church shooting it was uh, down here in Texas. And this was, um, this was a while back. And I, just the fact that you can't recall the one from the other, it's already sort of a, um, you know, a, a sad commentary, yeah. right? But one of those did involve people who were who were doing concealed carry and were able to stop the person from doing any more harm, and I mean that's tough because I would be I mean I am somebody who supports uh, those laws and supports the um, uh, those who feel um, uh, who want to carry I've carried myself in the past with a, with a carry permit, but I've always felt very uh, torn about the idea of doing that in and around church. And I think for, for, for most people and for you, clearly it's something that is, is, is troubling, but perhaps necessary in these times, if you're in a parish where you have these types of risks. Uh, you know, and absolutely. And, and the incident you're referring to in Texas, unfortunately, um, you know, the person who came in um, shot and killed someone and then wounded someone quite gravely. Right. Um, before the people, you know, in that service were able to respond. And as was the case in that instance, this was not a planned attack. This wasn't a, a, you know, like the synagogue shooting that we recently witnessed. This was not a terrorist-driven attack. This was someone who was mentally unstable. And uh, we don't know from that incident if they had a a bone to pick with the individual that they shot or just, you know, maybe the pastor or or it was something particular to them. And, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, there's someone dead and, and many, many people right. traumatized. I don't necessarily advocate this for everyone. Um, I think it's something that whether you're going to conceal carry, you know, at, at a church service or not, that you need to think about very, very carefully. I know when I started to conceal carry um, for a number of years before I began to carry the mask, I gave this great consideration, much prayer. I spend a lot of time training um, with the firearm and and reflexes, and you know I understand the legal ramifications. I have now additional insurance that I carry for myself and my family. Right. I spoke at length uh, about this with my pastor. So, to you know, sort of contrary to the 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 opposing narrative that this is something that that people are doing because it's a sort of a wild west mentality. Among the concealed carry community and those who are involved in the parish that I'm in, it could not be more diametrically opposite than that. This is something that everybody has given a lot of time and prayer and very seriousness to. Um, but we do it for the sake of our safety and, and those that attend, attend Mass. 
I, we're speaking with Jeff Gardner about the issue of parish parish and uh, safety at uh, places of worship. This goes beyond Catholic parish. It goes beyond Catholicism. Goes beyond Christianity. It's really uh, houses of faith uh, altogether. Uh, let's talk to Joseph in Arlington Heights who wants to join the conversation. Joseph, welcome. Good. Thank you for taking my call and my, my favorite guest host. Oh, thank it's you, a sir. To speak to you. Yes, sir. Um, when when the various cities were seeing all sorts of uh, riots going on, um, and s- some churches uh, were attacked, uh, what I'd like to ask your guest is, how many churches are preparing for a repeat of that sort of violence if Roe versus Wade is overturned? Well, that's a, and what should they do? Question, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting question, and and uh, thank you for for your call. So, uh, you know, are are they preparing for violence if Roe v. Wade is overturned? Um, how should they prepare for that, Jeff? I mean, I think that the violence that we saw was mostly against property in the riots that over the last you right. know, year and a half or so, and and that's not the type of thing that you're. That's not the reason why you're why you why you do concealed carry. I mean, you're there to protect people, not not correct, the right? Correct. But, but I mean, absolutely. It, Go ahead, though. That's an important question, and, and that leads to an important, uh, extremely important distinction. Um, now, laws vary by state to state, but the state that I'm in, um, there's absolutely no allowance for the use of deadly force in defense of property, which, That's right. by the way, I agree with. I, I wouldn't like anyone to burn my church down, my home, steal my car, but that is no reason to use deadly force or even threaten deadly force. Property can be replaced, life cannot. Um, you know, and it sort of takes us into a different direction in terms of a discussion, but I, I'm hoping that whatever the uh, Supreme Court decision is, and quite frankly, as someone that's been watching this, I would be surprised if it's an outright overturning of Roe v. Wade. Uh, I think that they're going to, sorry for the bad analogy here, try to split the baby and, and think that they're wise. Um, yeah. But whether that will precipitate violence against churches, that would surprise me. Um, I think it will. It, it will see more. If I had to guess, we will see more of the type of action that we saw through the summer with groups that are, you know, let's be quite honest, manufactured and directed um, to uh, unleash violence in our cities and and specific areas and and. I believe that uh, you know once once you once you turn the inmates loose uh, in the asylum, and that's the problem with revolutions. They 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 tend to go in directions that nobody can predict. So you know who knows what might be their target by way of property, just as we saw back in the summer of 2020. Indeed, Jeff Gardner, thank you so much for being with us. And I just to, just to throw in one more thing, you know this is. This is really something that you that you prepare for in terms to protect the people inside the building, not the building itself. And so I completely agree with you Absolutely. on that, Jeff. But it is a great question from Joseph. Thanks for calling that in. I'm Ed Morrissey filling in for Drew. We'll be right back. <laughs> 